Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon and welcome to our sermon discussion. I am Michelle Lichty and I'm here with David Henderson. Greetings, everyone. And we're here to discuss uh, the sermon this past Sunday. Um, Doru, I don't, what's his last name? Butash. Butash. Doru Butash from Romania was with us on Sunday. We're so thrilled to have him. One of our longtime missions partners from Romania. And he um, preached on living a life of love in Romania. He talked about First um, Corinthians 13. He started his sermon with First Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3, which I will read here. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Um, Doru also spoke um, on Luke Luke 10, the, uh, the Good Samaritan story as well, and then gave us some wonderful stories of the work that they are doing in Romania. So, yeah. So maybe starting there with the the end, and we can circle back to this, but um, uh, probably uh, a number of those who are who are listening in this conversation are aware of how um, extensively Covenant has been involved with mission partners around the world, and uh, and that has um, has been a fairly high level of involvement for me individually as well, not so much just in the last few years, but mm-hmm. um, in the years before that, and that we're going to be resuming some of that now that we're kind of on the other, largely on the other side of some of the COVID uh, disruption. But um, yeah, the, every single time I go to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ in other parts of the world, without fail, I think of this in Egypt or in Nepal or in Romania or other places. It, it is the, the faith and the faithfulness of our mission partners that always so challenges me. You know, the, mm. it, it's just so easy to start with the idea, you know, I'm going to come and teach. I've had all this education. This I've been blessed by the unique opportunity to do a lot of in-depth study and, and I'm excited about those to coming and sharing those insights. And then I come and step into a room with brothers and sisters whose love for Jesus, whose faith is so much deeper than my own and who, who live where their whole life is defined by their relationship of clinging to Christ. And, Mm. and then to see how that works its way out in an expression of faithfulness in their, in the way they make their time available and their, the generosity of their resources and the sacrifices of one or two careers in addition to pastoring a church and, you know, all those kinds of things. And, and again, I'm just, I'm, I'm flattened by what I encounter in their lives. And, you know, what, uh, and this is, I love this when Doru shared all these things that they're doing in Romania, it wasn't a look at us, (laughs) not at all. No, 
ah, we've lost him. <laughs> yes, it was. It wasn't a look at the church in Romania. It was look at what God is doing through the church in Romania. Um, so that was just so encouraging to hear um, hear from Doru what the work that they're doing with Ukrainian refugees. Um, and then in today's e-news, when you get that this afternoon, you can read all about the work that they're doing with the Roma people in um, Romania. It's just some incredible work that God has, has allowed them to create some relationships with those people. So be sure to watch your inbox for the e-news. Um, so Doru talked about love being the most excellent way to live. And that has been the subject of our sermon series for the past uh, several weeks. And um, it's well, since the, the end of August, really. And, um, you know, I am, I am really struck by those verses in first Corinthians um, 13. Uh, you know, we as westernized Christians tend to think about what is, uh, uh, you know, what, what have I succeeded in? What have I done lately that will get my name in the who's who of my field? Or, or um, you know, how have I shown my love for God? Um, by my sacrifice, like it says in verse three, by off by giving everything I have to the poor, or by accumulating all this knowledge about the Bible. And yet God says, without love, we are nothing. And so we are so challenged by the um, yeah, we're so challenged by the faithful in Romania. Um, the faithful church who are giving so much of themselves to the people in their community, to their literal neighbors, and to the people God has brought in um, in very dire circumstances by bringing them in from Romania. Um, so Doru spoke about who is my neighbor from Luke 10. Uh, the Good Samaritan story. And he he said, you know, we individually have a personal responsibility. And then also as a church, we have a group responsibility um, to reaching out to our neighbors. Um, and so it just helped me to think, oh my goodness, what is, what what have I done? Where have I taken personal responsibility to meet um, my neighbors? and to uh, reach out to them, to show them that they are people deserving of attention and approach, of affection and of help. And how am I showing my faith um, by living out love? Um, I keep thinking that David is going to join us. And I'm wondering, this is the first time this has ever happened where we lost him in the middle of a live. And I'm wondering if Zoom will not allow him to come back in again. I'm not sure exactly what's happening. So um, yeah, so as we, as we think about our attitudes towards our neighbors, um, I hope that just, just reflecting some more on um, 
on Doru's sermon, uh, he talked about three attitudes towards our neighbors um, that was evidenced in the story of the Good Samaritan. And yay, Zoom is letting him back in. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. Right. Yes, there you are. And <laughs> and we have two of you on the screen. Oh, I'm funny. not sure exactly how this is going to work, but uh, yeah. So that's um, really funny. Yeah. So David, while you were gone, I kept talking and I love and, it. Uh, and said that yes, we're um, we're we are challenged by the by the example of the church in Romania yeah. about how they are loving their neighbors and giving all the glory to God. Yeah, absolutely. Great. That's yeah. Exactly what I was where I was. So <laughs> thank you for carrying that on. That's Sorry, my I phone figured. died. Um, let's hear it for a little, little uh, technological crises. Yes. So thank you for carrying <laughs> on without me. Um, well, you're welcome. And then I just talked a little bit about how in Western Christianity, we tend to be focused on what, how we're succeeding. Um, just like it says in those first three verses of Corinthians, um, how we're focused on succeeding. What you know, like, what have I done lately for God? I've given my body, I've given my possessions, I've obtained all this knowledge instead of focusing on what is my attitude? What do I have the attitude of love? Well, yeah, that I, that's such a great insight. And I think that's right. You know, Paul was writing to, to the Corinthians. They were a group of people who began to take spiritual pride in some of their own spiritual progress and saw themselves as uh, kind of super Christians or uh, particularly gifted or particularly effective or making a big impact. And we can all be seduced by that as followers of Christ, can't we? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, you know, the thing that I think, yeah, that deeply challenges me because I think the church at large uh, in, in general today, if you ask someone, which are the gifts that you would envy? What are the spiritual qualities of someone you would envy? It would be the upfront gifts, like, like mm. verse verse one or a, a deep faith that or like verse two or uh somebody who's profoundly sacrificial like verse three right. and uh and i have become you know we've talked about this a number of times but i've become so much more persuaded that love is not just a part of the christian faith but this is a, yet another passage where paul makes it so clear that love is abs absolutely the heart of the christian faith our love mm -hmm. for God, our love for others. That's, we get, we get, uh, we are bent in upon ourselves out, mm -hmm. outside of Christ. Our lives are open up to God and open out towards others and in a life of love. And I, so I just appreciate that. It's just yet another kind of very direct reminder. Wow. You know, you can be proud of your faith, but what about your life of love? Where does that show up? You can be proud of your gifts that you're using in the church or out in the community, but is love the thing that informs the use of those? And, and that's, yeah. you know, that's so moving as we're with our brothers and sisters overseas and we see these um, amazing lives of love of, yeah. of pouring out of oneself for the sake of others and putting mm -hmm. them first in that way. Yeah. I did mention, um, and I just want to, I don't probably need to mention it again, but I'm going to um, today in the e-news, we have a story. We have more stories from Doru. Um, about the Romanian churches, uh, their, the inroads that they've made into the Roma population and the things and, and just the incredible acts of generosity and love that they've shown to that community, which has allowed them to, 
a platform even with the government. So we need so read the e-news for those amazing great, stories. Great yeah. plug. I yeah. So one other thing, I guess, um, that I've just been thinking about, Michelle, is mm-hmm. um, you know, we're we're. Just, I think this is just a good opportunity for us to pause and to notice what God's doing in our midst. Mm. Three years ago at Covenant, um, we felt like God just took us by the hand and led us to. It kind of opened our eyes to see this consistent theme running through the New Testament of uh, living a life of love as being kind of the central thing. And we frankly felt like we were close, but we missed it, that we were there were a lot of other things we were focusing on, but we kind of missed that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just wanted to share uh, two stories uh, that have just come out of uh, recent weeks at Covenant. And one of those is the story of a couple that I encountered who uh, who actually came from another country where missionaries had been sent in South America. And uh, and they just described their experience of a of, of colliding with a version of Christianity that was sort of woven together with and tangled up with mm. Western values of uh, of wealth and and materialism mm. and individualism that kind of um, weren't really necessarily consistent with the gospel um, and and they're that causing some confusion and then them moving to this community and and going from church to church and feeling as though what they're encountering is you know here's our stance on this issue or we're separated from those other Christians because of this or whatever it is and then they said we just feel like we've found a home here at Covenant because of this it, it feels like that which our hearts were made for and that which is at the center of the Christian faith is love and we're just not encountering that so that felt mm. like a, you know it's just a beautiful confirmation and then the other one was just on Sunday um, a a uh, couple was visiting us from the Near East, uh, from uh, essentially from a closed country, and uh, and they described this profound experience of, of being soothed and calm, coming into the presence of God, and in the midst of our of our church family. And as we and, and they said, you know, I feel like I come here, and and every other word that I hear is the word love, and and you don't know how striking that is for us as we come from a place where um, the, uh, it's a predominantly um, Islamic region mm. and where uh, those who are in leadership are, are giving expression to their Muslim faith in a way that feels oppressive rather than life-giving. And it has left a bitter taste in our mouth as a result of that. And we don't really have uh, mm. A word for love in Islam. It's not. It's just not a central feature of our faith. And to 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 go from the the um, that kind of uh, negative and oppressive environment, and then to step into a place like this where it feels like we are embraced by the people who surround us, and there's this invitation to a life of love. It it I can't tell you what it does to us and mm-hmm. to the deepest parts of us to be in that kind of a setting and. I, those are to me. Those are two of two of um, a number of examples of places where I feel like God is confirming His own purposes and bringing mm-hmm. us towards this. And not, not with that. None of that means, therefore, we're compromising our very, very strong biblical conviction about the authority of Scripture or the Lordship of Christ or the the need for us to look at the sin in our lives or any of those kinds of things that that we're only made right with God through faith in Christ. 
Hmm. Love doesn't um, uh, displace those things. It informs those things. So Yes. Yeah. I'm just reminded of um, a prayer that I've been praying um, over and over and over again recently. Um, it's, and I can't remember which scripture it's based, like the, the address of the scripture, but it's based on, um, you know, the Holy spirit being a river of life. Um, and just asking God to fill me with the river of life and river of, and, and overwhelm me with his love to fill me with his love. And I, and as I am praying that I'm realizing unless I am filled up to the brink with God's love, I can't express it to others. And, um, yeah, Michelle, and what, what a, what a kind of, in one way is obvious, but in other ways, so, such a profound insight that the life of love that I'm called to is a life of overflow of his love. And mm -hmm. the, uh, Romans chapter five, verse five is, uh, and I think uh, Doru quoted that on Sunday uh, about the, the Holy Spirit um, pouring love into us. Yes. And then the life that we're called to is one that just lets that slosh over from our lives to the life of others. And anything yeah. else is a, is a mustering up. It's our own efforts. Right. Back right. to First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, where it's a, it's a faith that is self-referential instead of defined by the love of God for us. Right. And we can see that expressly um, lived out or told in the story of the Good Samaritan. Right. Where we have we have the robbers who want who just looted and they they saw that person, the, the man as someone to be taken advantage of. And then we see the religious leaders just walk by him because the, he was to be avoided. Yeah. And um, and then the Samaritan who comes and and out of the overflow, out of the overflow of his heart. He stops and he identifies with that person and he, he was a person to be helped. Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, I hate to admit how often I am like the religious leaders yeah. in that story and just want to avoid, I want to avoid conflict. I want to avoid pain. I want to avoid the hard things in this world. And instead of being someone who helps. Yeah, the inconvenience of someone else's need. Yeah. I, I, I don't have your need in my schedule today. Um, yes. <laughs> that's like that. Yeah, we that lacking that that margin, uh, as we've talked about, uh, leaving the corners uh, of the fields in our lives uh, so that there's room to be present to people in those ways. No, that, yeah. I think that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I and I think um, even the subtle ways we fall into being the robbers where we mm. go through life with the frame of reference that says either I can get something from you or I just steer around you and go on to the next person. That very almost mercenary way of approaching relationships that is so easy for us to fall into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the way that uh, loved <laughs> was challenged by <laughs> the way Doru framed that of uh, the, the robbers, what's yours is mine. And the, mm -hmm. and the religious leaders kind of a, um, Hey, uh, what's yours? What you're dealing with is yours to deal with. I'm going to deal with my own stuff. I'm just going to, my life is separate from yours. You you are of no account to me. And then that what's mine is yours outlook um, that Jesus calls us to. Mm -hmm. I, 
have been continuing to read uh, Soren Kierkegaard's works of love and have been so challenged by, he, he talks about this kind of a theme over and over. Mm -hmm. oh, wow, how stretching to think yeah. of the sort of giving away my life that we are right. called to day to day. Right. And in this moment, I'm just realizing like one of the things that I have learned by osmosis from my family um, you know, we have so, I'm so, so blessed to have a strong faith heritage that goes back to my grandmother's grandfather um, on my mom's side and, and back just as far on my dad's side. And so, but, but one of the things that has come from that is I show God's love by doing. And so, and so um, I'm, if I'm not doing I am failing. And so to not reap the corners of the fields, right? To not manage my time in such a way that I am being efficient and effective all the time yeah. means I'm failing God. But the reality is when I am sitting in the Lord's presence in the mornings and asking him, what, how do you want to fill my day? I have this list. And I'm open to how you want to fill my day. And I'm, and I'm not scheduling my day to the second or to the minute, but I'm, I'm leaving those spaces, those pockets open so that I'm available. That is really being open to the Holy Spirit's leading mm -hmm. throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And then those are the places where it becomes that the, the water pouring into us and then spilling over from our lives and others uh, with mm -hmm. the availability that comes with that kind of margin. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really right. And, um, and even then, you know, is the, is the life of love something I muster up to somehow earn or deserve God's love for me? Right. Or is it just the outflow, the byproduct of his love having filled me? Right. Right. So there's constantly checking my spirit. Mm. Am yeah. I am I mustering up or am I living out of the overflow? Yes, and 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 it's so interesting that just takes us back to the to the kind of rhythm and tension that Jesus introduces in the two greatest commitments: love God. Mm. Well, it seems to turn my back on people around me. Love people. Well, that's actually how the love of God finds expression in my life. But then it can become about my focus is there and every minute spoken for and no, that then that becomes comes out of me. So I need to turn back and open my heart and life to him and and properly expressed the, mm -hmm. each leads back into the other and and will find its right expression in the other. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So. Um, the the comment about margin also really leads, I mean, in some ways, uh, Doru's message was a wonderful capstone to this series we've been going through this fall. And the intent of the series, it started with just a reminder of, of our, um, this kind of fresh take we're taking on discipleship and the way we're approaching that at Covenant and then the reiteration of our calling to live a life of love and then walking through some of the the ways that that might show up in a person's life who that is open to the spirit of God and that is receiving and becoming a conduit of the love of God for us. 
that that I will that will find expression in love for Jesus that is that is has me worshiping every day and every week and has me regularly studying scripture mm-hmm. that will find expression in my loving Jesus's people, my brothers and sisters in Christ um, by intentional connection with others, intentional relationships one-on-one and in groups, and then also using my gifts to serve the church family. And we'll find expression in pouring out his love on the world, both through the those that God has placed right around me in my own life, my own immediate neighbors, but mm-hmm. then also a mindfulness of that everywhere I go in this world, I go in his name and for his sake to reflect and to put on display the kingdom of God where he is the king of my own life. And, um, and without margin, there is little room for growth in those areas. And if my life is largely about my own vocational projects or my Mm. own self promotion or self advancement or my own busy schedule, that is about trying to prove my worth in the eyes of the world and the eyes of God, then we won't have the, the freedom to live into those areas. And, Certainly there are seasons of life with little kids or with, with uh, kids in the teen years and we're shuttling them around all over the place or in the grandparent years when you're going to see grandkids or whatever, there are always, or busy seasons vocationally, there are always going to be times when we will be hard pressed to find time for the most important things. But I think our trying to figure out how to, how to build in that margin. What are the things I need to say no to in order to say yes to these invitations God's putting in front of me? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because as I think about this, I think um, the world is too big, right? The world is too big. There's too much need. There's too much happening. I, I'm one person. What can I do? And the reality is, is that God calls me to be faithful where he's placed me. And he can multiply um, my margins into something that is beyond my wildest dreams and expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and God never calls us to make a difference everywhere and in every person's life. Right. He calls us to make a difference here and in the person's life who is my neighbor, um, the, the one that God has brought into my life with me. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that means sending us out into the world, crossing uh, lines of difference, uh, serving among the poor or, or uh, crossing cultural lines of difference and going to places where the gospel hasn't been heard or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And those right. are very right uh, ways of following God in those places. But yeah, there, it is so interesting. It seems like one of the strategies of the evil one, well, because I, the needs are so huge and I can't do everything, then the default is to do nothing instead of to do something. And right. You, um, yeah. One of the, yeah. one of the lessons that I've said this a number of times as we've met, I think, but one of the lessons I've been learning a ton in my own neighborhood as I've been trying to just be faithful to live a life of love here is that there in the kingdom of God, there are no small things. I can do something mm-hmm. I feel like, Oh, this is such a small step. This is such a small way to reach out to a neighbor, but there are no small things in the kingdom of God. God mm-hmm. has this uh, in his economy, everything gets multiplied. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to start. Do you have any last or to stop? (laughs) We have started and stopped and started. Yeah, we have indeed. And you carried on right through all that. Thank you for that. 
I actually did that on purpose, Michelle, just to see how you would do and as a former uh, news anchor and having to wing it in the moment where you're, um, yeah. No, now I'm you kidding. have to listen to it and make sure that I did okay. <laughs> do you have any last so there, thoughts before we close? No, well, I think, um, you know, it was part of the intent of this, uh, this series was uh, just to to give us opportunity to pause before God and to say, am I, is my life ordered in the way you intend it to be right now? Mm-hmm. Are the right things in the right places? Uh, does my life reflect some of these biblical priorities that we've just talked about? And, and I think I would just say, if, if you've not yet had a chance to do that, uh, what might that look like to just sometime before next Sunday to say, just going to get some time with the Lord and do some, invite him to speak, to listen, to just put that before him and put my life before him and uh, and see what adjusting or invitation he may have for me. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, I'm just going to say it again. Don't be afraid to start small, right? He's not Absolutely. necessarily calling you to go out and be a foster parent right away. He may be, but he may not be. Um, but just, you know, it may be, it may be you know, it's time for you to join a small group. And and that may be big enough for right now. Um, And it may be, hey, by the way, maybe you need to say no to something so you can parent your children or be available for your spouse. You know, I mean, because those are, they are our neighbors as well. And we need to remember that they, that they're, um, that we need to be available to them too. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining uh, joining me today. Twice. Um, twice. Yes. <laughs> My joy. My double joy. <laughs> and thank you to our audience for sticking with us and yes. uh, and being a part of this discussion. We appreciate you and are grateful that you took a few moments of your time to spend some time with us. And don't yes. worry, I'll edit out some of the dead space from the from the podcast, <laughs> so it won't be quite as long. <laughs> So, all right. Thank you.